There's a scene in Cameron Crowe's 2000 film Almost Famous where the main character, teenage journalist William Miller, frantically phones an aging Lester Bangs asking what he should tell Rolling Stone about the progress of his story, which is nowhere near completion. Bangs says, Tell him it's a think piece about a mid-level band struggling with their own limitations in the harsh face of stardom. While the band in question is fictional 70s rock group Stillwater, the line can easily relate to Southern California post-hardcore quintet Seosip, a band who found A&R reps attending their first ever shows in 2003. A band whose momentum was brutally halted when their original singer unexpectedly quit in 2004. A band who took three years to write and record their full-length debut for major label Capitol Records, an eon in the current music scene where hot new bands of the minute are barely have careers longer than six months. A band who are trying to climb up an ever-collapsing physical sales chart with the demise of the CD looming. And a band who earlier this year watched their label's infrastructure collapse and their entire team get fired. Over the next hour, you'll hear the band, vocalist Cove Reber, guitarists Bo Burchell and Justin Chikoski, bassist Chris Sorensen, and drummer Alex Rodriguez, openly and candidly discuss these topics and many more. This is the AP Podcast. I'm Scott Heisel, sitting in for Mike Shea. Before we started recording, you were talking about taking media training courses. Is this something that uh, that Capitol Records put you through? Yeah. It was so, like a year ago we took it, and and it was pretty ridiculous. I guess it's like kind of like a, like everyone does it that signs to a you know a, a major label like debut record. Like mm. I know the Thrice guys did it too. I talked to Riley about it, and uh, you basically like this guy shows up and he has this book and you know all these like videos and stuff and. And he just kind of coaches you along, telling you what's the best way to answer questions to the best, you know, to the band's advantage. But make like, the most out of every media experience. Yeah. yeah, but the yeah, but the the there's like you know there's a few things in there that were just like, well, as a whole, we were kind of like confused the whole time. But you know, there was a few things in there that really stood out, and one was like, you know, it's like yeah, you know. When you're uh, when you're talking about the band or anything coming up, you can. It's no problem to refer to your band in third person, like you know, uh, you know, Seosin really likes Del Taco, or <laughs> Seosin has a new record, or the new Seosin record, and then we were like, all right. No, Seosin, Seosin, we're like, all right. And Seosin yeah, was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it was like uh, trying to get us to say the band name as many times as possible and just cheesy so, stuff. So like how that. does Seosin feel about that? That's well, Seosin no likey. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. that's an experience that probably most people in bands don't have, you know, especially bands on indie labels probably don't get sit down by somebody and say, here's how you act in the media. And yeah. uh, did you find that? I mean, you know, yeah, you can make fun of it now, but was that at all helpful uh, at no, that time or no. no? No, I even read, I part, the guy had a book and I read it, I read partially through it and I was like, this makes absolutely no sense for like our, you know, maybe if we were like, uh, like Timberlake or something. Yeah, some Timberlake, yeah, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. I well, call him. Timberlake. He's on a first name basis. Timber, Justin, yeah. If you know, yeah. So call him JT. Yeah, but if <laughs> uh, you know, for Seosin, it wasn't you know the uh, wasn't ne- maybe necessary for Seosin. It certainly that wasn't necessary for Seosin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean, so experiences like that. That's like I said before. That's obviously something that people don't get to experience very often, and it's it kind of shows you how. Maybe not, maybe not backwards, but how uh, recessed major labels do a lot of their thinking in terms of well, you have to do this and you have to do that. You know, like yeah. well, this is what Nickelback does, this is what Hoobastank does, this is what Velvet Revolver does. You know, this you have to be prepared the same way. Uh, did you encounter any other instances of that since you've been on Capitol uh, that you're like, well, this is not how we would ever do it in our band. Like this is completely oh, everything, every single thing we do, whether it's like album cover or you know, 
even recording the record with with Howard Benson, who we ended up using, but mm. you know, it seemed like such the go to. He was like, "Oh yeah, you know, you're gonna record your record with Howard Benson. This guy's gonna mix it. You know, you're gonna get these tours." We're like, "Well, no, like that's not what we, you know, envision. We want to try and do something different, you know." And 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 so we fought and fought, and we still fight every day. Mm. So, well, no, with your with your uh, album cover, there was a fight that they wanted to put a picture of the band on the album cover. Is that right? And you guys didn't yeah. want to do that. Uh, you, you know, there was a, a bunch of different ideas circulating around. Luckily, you know. <clears throat> They went with the person that we wanted to hire, which was Martin Kavam out of Holland, and uh, and he started pitching ideas and and nothing really, you know, the first maybe four ideas that he pitched didn't stick, and then then one day he sent in just some stock photos of of a bug and some other bugs on the thing, and I was like, and I just saw it and I was like, wow, you know, it's weird. Let's work on that. Let's focus on that. And and nobody else had any like as far as the label was concerned, I had no focus at all. Mm-hmm. And then so you know I start communicating with Martin directly instead of middlemanning the label. And, you know, that was kind of strike one, and they hated that, obviously. Mm. So um, finally, we he comes up with an idea, and we kind of write this concept around it, and we pitch it to them, and they're like, oh, well, let's keep, you know, let's keep seeing stuff. You know, we want something marketable. You know, maybe have like a, you know, a band spread in there. We're like, no, this is what we're going to do. This is awesome. This, this looks great. And then I think it was like, it was like three and a half weeks of basically me on the phone every single day. We're on Warp Tour for two for mm. two weeks. I was on. I think it was like the last day of yeah. Warp Tour though, because I was on the phone as well. Yeah, the last day of Warp Tour, we're finally like, just like, sorry. yo, <laughs> you know, you guys need you guys need to shut up and just listen to yeah. us. And and luckily it worked out really well, and we have something that we can kind of you know take beyond the record cover, and mm. we use it for our marketing and and you know. Well, are kind of they're, like they're eventually kind of they're eventually happy with it now though. Oh yeah, yeah, it, and yeah. Uh, they're also taking credit, trying to take yeah. credit for it. And, <laughs> exactly. you know, we're like you know trying as much as possible. Like, the you know. one person that's still at Capital now that we know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I did want to Jesus Christ. I did want to bring that up a little bit later. We can start that now. Uh, I, you know, obviously, I don't know if most most people listening to this know, but uh, Capital Records, uh, Sayosin's label. You know, not your label, but Sayosin's label. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, your label was essentially gutted from the inside out in terms of uh, lots of firing and con- consolidating yeah. of labels between Capital and Virgin, and a like lot 80%. of people got lost. A lot of people got lost in the shuffle, uh, including your publicist recently left. Uh, yeah. How does that uh, affect you? I mean, does that scare you at all from a, a band standpoint to know that you know this this happened and now it's like, well, who do we talk to? And oh well, yeah. I mean, of, of course, like every you know, we were just in New York. New York City a couple days ago and we met our entire new team yeah. and they're all you know granted they're, they're willing to work hard and, and but it's like okay here we are uh, like almost a year through our record cycle and they're like yeah we're gonna get it you know we're gonna we're gonna get you guys and we're like okay well you know do you have no clue about what we've been doing for the last year mm. well like you know we're gonna take you guys to the next level you guys rock yeah. we've been watching sales for like six months we're like Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. The biggest, yeah. the biggest downer though was like right at the end, like right when Capital and Virgin kind of merged and we lost our whole team. It was like right at that moment, everybody on our team at Capital started to get it, mm-hmm. started yeah. to get what we were trying to do as a band. And then we, you know, we lost all of those people. And you know, when we're when we're like a year into the record and and those people are just starting to get it, it's like crap. Now we have to teach like all these new people what we're all about. We have to show them, you know, kind Basically of Basically like, argue with them for three and a half weeks yeah. straight about <laughs> album covers. Yeah. But, you know, we've, like, we've gone like through... Same, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, at the beginning of... Uh, thanks, Bo. Just put that, you know, why don't you put that up to the mic? Yeah. No, <laughs> like it's... The person in the, like, we've got, you know, like, right before our record came out, yeah. um, 
like our management left their big management firm, which was the firm, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we lost some people that we had been working with and building relationship with as well. And then, you know, six months later, we're down the road. We're on one of the biggest tours that we can be on. And we get a, you know, a phone call basically saying, oh, yeah, you're in, uh, you know, your entire team is now fired. And we're like, okay, what's next? And, of course, we call all the new people and they're like, you know, sales is the next big thing, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, okay, awesome. You know, mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. And, you know, of course, you know, if things don't take off, you know, after the first day, then they're kind of like on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, we're we're too worried about about like yet. the new the new changeovers. We're pretty much used to it because of all the crap that we've gone through before with yeah. people changing at capital, then losing all those people, our management leaving, and and you know we've we've dealt with everything pretty it's just, much ourselves. It's just so. weird now because there's so it's it's the whole industry is downsized. Instead of having like uh, you know we no longer have an art director with her assistant and then their intern. Mm-hmm. We now have a creative director who uh, who's also head of publicity. So it's like one person doing two jobs that f- 10 people used to do before. So it's it's a little bit overwhelming for them. So you know it, it kind of has to, you know, we have to kind of put ourselves into the, you know, the next level and and re- cuz you know we are so late in our record cycle but we have so much touring that we want to complete, you know, past this that it's like uh, you know, we we really have to to push for what we want, and and if we want something that's different, then we're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, it's gonna take a little bit of hard work. Well, I mean, Chris, you had mentioned a few minutes ago uh, that you know they called you up and said, you know, you're the next big thing, and blah blah blah. And now that's something that you as a band have heard pretty much since your inception, you know. And yeah, is that something that just doesn't even affect you? It's like well, whatever, yeah, it, you know. It, it's almost like all right. Well, we heard that from the last group of people and the last group of people before that. It's mm-hmm. like I, I really just want to actually see like instead of people just telling us stuff like that or whatever i want to like see more people working but it sucks because when people leave the label like we've been talking about um you know it kind of keeps the band at like the the constant state of people getting to know it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so nothing actually gets done it's just people like you know new people all right now i know what you're about and then they start working but by that time they're gone already you know what i mean so it's just kind of disheartening because you know you're putting your whole life into it but when people come in and out the door, it's it's kind of makes you feel like what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're almost like the like the redhead stepchild of like because we're Capital Music Group, you know, but that's basically like two percent of what the whole is is uh, it's basically under Virgin Records now. So it's like the whole Virgin Records team, and then kind of like the stepchild, the stepchildren of the Capital Music Group, mm-hmm. which is like you know us, Interpol, Yellow Card. Um, so it's like. But thankfully, all the bands that are on that kind of on that roster are are doing pretty good. You know, I think Yellow Card's definitely making a comeback with a new record, and Interpol's like you know one of the hugest indie rock bands out there. Sure. And uh, so you know it's it, it, it's just a, a transitional period, and it sucks for us because we're in a transitional period of of building our band and you know having a debut release, and it's a really crucial time for us. So it's like kind of it's it, it's really stressful at times. So you're like you know okay. Are they trying to get us to the next level as far as five records, uh, you know, a band, a career band? Or are they trying to make us sell a million records on this record and then, you know, abandon ship? Y- exactly, you know, abandon ship. So well, you you got it. Like you got to figure also is like now there aren't people aren't going to be buying records for many more years. So I don't think any record label is thinking of a career band because there's going to be no reason for them soon. Mm. Like I think in two years, people aren't going to buy records anymore. So 
you know how I don't I don't think I I think that fact alone makes it uh, leaving record labels wanting just the next big thing that's going to sell records for the short time that they can still the short time that they could actually figure out what to do with bands. So, is knows? it frustrating to be at all a part of that machine and you know not being able to del- you know remove yourself from it or it, it has its perks? Obviously, yeah. you know we we definitely get stuff that we couldn't on a on a different label. I think like as far as you know money wise especially and marketing and and distribution capabilities and stuff like that i don't think we would have ever been able to go to like places like indonesia and play play in certain markets uh, as well it's hard to tell but yeah but at the same time you know it's not like we're at a place where where we're being forced to do anything Mm -hmm. um and and also it's kind of uh, you know as kind of weird as it might sound it's kind of exciting to be in a in a in a spot that like you know it's so certain before, and but it's kind of cool to you know maybe maybe in ten years to look back and be like I went through that I got mm. through that and persevered and came out on top you know mm. so we'll have shirts that say I survived it being on a major <laughs> yeah you yeah. yeah. make a ton of money survived yeah and the best part is nobody can download a T-shirt that's the best part yeah so. exactly well Cove you just brought up that you guys went to Indonesia recently yeah uh, and how does something like that uh, you know from the standpoint of like how did w- when did the planning for going to you know Eastern Asia essentially start you know in, in terms of the band like when did that come up? It was it, it definitely was not on the on the uh, you know Things general agenda like you know it was like you know we always joke around like you know we want to play Antarctica or something mm-hmm. like that. So when Indonesia came in, uh, we we got a call and they're like, yeah, we're gonna play Indonesia. We're like, well, first of all, we're like, where's that? And, and second, <laughs> yeah. second, they're like, Book is it this. warm? Like we we got you know we got the specs on what the show was about, how much money we were getting. We're like, okay, this is stupid. And they're like, the venue capacity was like thirty five hundred, and we're like, okay, so fifty people are gonna show up. Okay, are we gonna get killed because the you know promoter is not gonna want to pay us? And uh, we show up and and we get whisked through this this uh, this airport with like like no security an entourage, stops. yeah, mm-hmm. no and, security and stops, like an entourage of like. Ten people, the promoter, uh, you know, promoter reps, uh, the Security sponsor reports. of the show, which was like a, this weird cigarette company, and then like <laughs> six, six, uh, six security guards. So basically, we're like walking through, you know, trying to collect our baggage, and there's people there collecting our baggage for us. And this 65 year old man walks by, and he's like, "Salesin." I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> no way!" Yeah. We get there, and then we we go through this like armored gate. Hotel, which is it, Indonesia, Jakarta, especially, is, is really weird because it's maybe uh, you know ten years ago it was like one of the most underdeveloped countries in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know they bring in modernization. So it's like it's like these uh, these wood type huts, like these communities of just like plank wood. And then you know there's a huge hotel Mumia, which is like five five diamond hotel, like the nicest hotel in Southeast Asia, right in the middle. And then there's just like all these weird you know plank houses around it so we go there they like present us with lays and like you know these fruit drinks and uh and then the next day or we went out and ate some weird food but we'll get back to that later but the next day we realized how big of a a deal they were they made the show and we we you know we pull up to the venue and it's like a long 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 driveway there's this like 50 foot by 30 foot like entryway arch of, mm. of our promo pick like huge wow. like it's a seosin it's like us We're like got <laughs> yeah, pictures next to it it's like massive and like on every single 
every single streetlight within like a mile radius of the venue, there's like Seosin and like these banners like with our you know name and our picture, and we're like. And the cigarette company. So you're like the Beatles, You're like the Beatles going to Indonesia, basically. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, it, it really felt like that, and and just the whole <coughs> the whole place was so weird. Like the hotel that we stayed in has like four or five weddings every single day for the entire year, mm. and they're just all like the most elaborate weddings you've ever seen. Like the huge flower, you know, uh, you know, crazy flower things. It was crazy. It, you know, bottom line, 5,200 people showed up to the show that we played. Wow. It was the biggest headlining show we'll, we'll play within, you know, for the next however long. And uh, it was it was truly like a unique experience. We're trying to go act, act, trying to actually go back. We're trying to pitch like a a lower a lower budget tour, do places like Singapore, uh, Bangkok, Jakarta mm-hmm. again, Bali. Maybe Bali. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bali. Maybe uh, Manila in the Philippines. Like as far as as many places as we can. Do do you find that uh, does your music translate over well? I mean, do, I mean, do people know the songs? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. crazy. Absolutely. No, yeah. but does Capital have you know? Does you, is your CD on sale in, in Indonesia? Actually, funny well, thing about that, our CD is not on sale. Mm. Our cassette is cassette on sale. Yeah, seriously, the, yeah. The, so if anyone wants the Seosin cassette, you can go to Jakarta, Indonesia, yeah. pick one up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it was the coolest well, thing that, we ever Did you get seen. one for yourself? Yeah. All right. The the like the state of the industry down there is so much different because they don't have you can't uh, you know you know not everybody has a a personal computer there. Not everybody has the internet. I would say 5% of the population does. But what they do have is they have you know there's it, it's completely unregulated record sales are. So instead of having internet downloading sites, they have legitimate stores with with basically burnt CDs that you buy yeah. at a discount. So like I, I think it's something like 80% or 75 80% of their market is pirated music. Oh, wow. And it's the same as in Russia yeah, and exactly. Eastern and Eastern Europe. So you know, our record label doesn't really have any incentive for us to go there because we they sold can't see any revenue yeah. from it or yeah. We sold 6000 CDs there, which is incredible on their you know their scale, mm-hmm. but we drew fifty two hundred kids. You know, <laughs> imagine if that translated yeah, in the that, United States. Yeah, that's a pretty States, good retaining you know? rate. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, you know, we would be playing amphitheaters. You know, and uh, and so it, it, it's crazy. But you know, as far as for us as a band and and not pitching it as a record sale thing, like it's it's one hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go there because people care more about. You know, granted, we were marketed like the Beatles, like you said, but people care more about the music and the melody and stuff because they don't necessarily know what the lyrics mean. Mm. I mean, uh, the uh, I think the, the the cassette tape came with a translated oh really thing too, which was mm. definitely cool. And we found out that Seosin in Indonesian means with sauce. Like if you order <laughs> a hamburger with ketchup or with sauce, it's like you know Seosin. Did anybody throw ketchup packets at you on stage? You know, like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's the perfect no. opportunity. You know, yeah. So, uh, well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up about the whole illegal downloading thing. And I was actually talking to somebody recently, and they made the point of saying that, you know, illegal downloading especially is such an American thing. It's one of those things that, you know, America specifically has, has embraced and be like, well, we're entitled to it. We deserve to have it for free. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't really see that everywhere in the world, you know. So how do you think that affects you as a band uh, you know, in this age of, you know, everyone talks about the death of the CD. Like you brought that up earlier, Justin, that you think in two years, no one will be actually making CDs anymore. You know, how does that affect you as a band in terms of how do you progress from here? And how does it affect you right now at this point in your career with downloading? Down, I, you know, downloading has, when we first started, we put out Translating the Name. We encouraged downloading. 
I, mean, I think we still do encourage downloading. I downloaded you know? it. You know, we definitely. <laughs> well, I was in the band. I it's, downloaded uh, it. Yeah, so. It's it, the thing about downloading is is and, and and it's true because you know you go to like even places that are technically legal download sites like MySpace.com. It's such a uh, you know. It's such a huge promotional tool. We have like 14 million plays of our songs. Like, but you know, obviously, we haven't sold 14 million records or anything remotely close to that. So it's and like, a half, we're at the right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but you're you're talking about like MySpace. MySpace is a great promotional tool, but you can't download music. You know, I'm talking like like BitTorrents and stuff like that, where I, people I, get like all their. Well, music you actually and, can now. There's a new yeah, website that came out it. called MySpaceMP3.org, where you yeah. can enter a band name and rip any song off their off their player, even if it's not designed to download. It's a completely illegal site, and no one stopped it. Yeah. So, uh, you, so that's an illegal. It's okay. well, I mean, it's, okay. it's. I mean, it, uh, what they're doing is completely illegal. They're obviously just taking yeah. someone's copyright. But you, if you go to MySpaceMP3.org and type in any band name, it gives you all four songs on their player, and you can just say, "I want that one," and it'll download right to your computer. Cool. But, but not every so. song of theirs, oh, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not just every song. But the ones they have offered. Just on so, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I, I think as far as downloading is concerned on the on the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I don't think it's the only major contributor to a drop in record sales and current state of the industry yeah. you have places like walmart best buy who basically own the the retail section of things and they undersell things so it's like um you know th the only reason they sell cds is to get people in there to buy dishwashers tvs and, yeah. dishwashers and stuff like that so there's no local you you know there's you know 60 percent of the of the uh, retailers are closing. I think a lot of the virgins are starting to close now. And that's mm -hmm. like the last one, pretty much. Like, Tower mm -hmm. just closed. You know, all the mom and pop shops are gone. And uh, <clears throat> that, and I think, you know, oversaturation and, you know, homogenization of, of the music, as well as like, you know, uh, things like radio. Basically, you have six stations playing the same six, uh, you know, same six digital playlists of rock bands. You know, uh, you know, there's no diversity at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing with file sharing and downloading is people, I think, the, you know, um, the, one of the big reasons people do do that stuff is to, to have that freedom to find new music mm -hmm. instead of being told, what to, being told what to listen to. So it's like, a, you know, it's a catch-22. It's like, do I, you know, do we want to take advantage of, of the uh, marketing capabilities and, and you know exposure capabilities of downloading, or do we, you know, is it really going to affect us? It, 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 it's hard to tell mm -hmm. if it really, really, really affects us or not. So. From from word of mouth though, it's like it, from you know people to person to person, it definitely definitely helps. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it's like tape trading, yeah. you know, but um, obviously on a much, way much, much larger scale, scale yeah. you know. Well, because it's an infinite, it's an infinite thing. There's yeah. no, there's no physical capacity to it. Yeah. So, you know, that's the but, thing. But, but but I think like you know the the the, the tolerance for it, you know, um, as far as is it illegal? Is it not illegal? Is it my right? Is it American? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I think that you, you know I've I I've been busted for stealing, mm. and it's mm -hmm. not fun. And you know, and it, whether it be a pair of pants or um, you know a song, I, I I still think that the uh, the severity of the situation is, is is the same. And and you know, <clears throat> agencies like the RIAA and stuff like that that are kind of uh, you know supposed to be artist representatives, they they kind of take it and and I think they in a way almost glorify. I don't think that they're doing the right. They, I don't think they have the right approach as far mm -hmm. as like being the 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 angry teacher with the you know. Cracking down the whip, uh, and, you know. I think they have, instead of adapting, they're just kind of 
trying to um, trying to throw you know a little bit of a stop in the door, mm. and instead of people kind of backing off and realizing it, they're it, it's almost become glorified and and become pop culture. It's, you know, I, with the exposure of like things like Napster and and you know the whole Metallica Napster thing, that erased a lot of public awareness to people. Who didn't even know what didn't know downloading, downloading was? was. Right? Yeah. yeah, so you got it's like, an intentional PR campaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of so. like how you mentioned that uh, MySpace MP3.org <laughs> thing. I yeah, mean, thanks a lot. Not, yeah. <laughs> That's a good pitch. Hey, Samson appreciates that. It's good. Yeah. So, well, uh, so let's uh, let's play some music right now. So, uh, I want two of you to tell me the most recent song you just downloaded, whether it's legal or not. Okay. Hold so, on. let me get my iPod. <laughs> two two people can pick that, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, play some songs right now. So, I got one. All right. It's, uh, I just downloaded this record and it's really good. Chris from Sayosin just downloaded this record and it's really good. But I bought it. I, I, I don't, uh, I got a bunch of viruses, so in, it's easier for me to buy records that I want on iTunes, which I really like iTunes because I'm, you know, I'm tired of breaking my CDs anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, from Khaki King. It is off her record Until We Felt Red. And uh, the song is Yellow Cake. All right, we will play that, and then after that, I need somebody else to pick a song as well. I like. Uh, I've been liking Amy Winehouse lately. Okay, I like Amy Winehouse. The uh, the rehab, the rehab, rehab song. song. She's back in rehab. Right back now, in so rehab. Good. Great. There you go. Good that, for her. Yeah. That's another thing. It's like you know, the, the, with I hate how uh, artists are uh, are almost glorified. Even you know, actors and actresses, they're all in rehab. You know, and it's like, called yeah, day yeah, by re- day. They're all rehab. drug addicks. DUIs and stuff what, like that. Let's and time it like... out and play these songs and then come back and talk right about that. Okay. We'll be right back on the AP Podcast. Here's Khaki King and Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That was Amy Winehouse with Rehab. And uh, Chris, right before we, we broke, you were talking about how it kind of frustrates that it's glorifying rehab, you know, the, the, the press is doing that. Yeah, so. well, you have like the, you know, like you like Amy Winehouse or Lindsay Lohans or, uh, you know, whoever else is out there. It's like, it seems, uh, you know, I, I, really, I really think celebrity is a privilege and, and, and stardom and all that stuff. And granted, you know, as big as an artist anybody might be, or as as good of good of an art of an artist, you know, it, I really don't see it being as it's it's not very deserving of of somebody that's committing illegal activity that could potentially harm another person, uh, you know, and they're still, you know, the number one talk of 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 all the magazines, mm. people included, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it just it, it's really frustrating for me. You know, 
I'm not a, uh, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any of that stuff. So it's, it's hard for me to kind of, uh, uh, relate to mm-hmm. what maybe they're going through or even they need to kind of take that next step and, and, and take it to that extreme. It's like, you know, we're on, we have, you know, as little celebrity that we have, we, we, we like to think that we don't take it for granted. You, you'll never see us drinking on stage or drunk on stage or anything like that, you know? So, um, it, it, it you know it it's such a small thing that we're that we're having happen you know and mm-hmm. and and it means so much i think to us that it's like anybody that would take that for granted it, it, i just can't understand mm-hmm. that and i can't understand why why uh you know there's no regulation on that like it's just because somebody breaks the law like if i broke yeah. the law and i'm not a celebrity you go to jail you know i'm going to go to jail and it's not going to be like the highly most highly publicized thing for me going to jail for 30 days getting out early you know, it, it, it's kind of bullshit, you know, so. It's just become so accept, like accepted. It's, yeah, people. it's accepted. That celebrities are well, entirely yeah, fucked up and they're going no, to do no, something no. stupid. People have been, celebrities have doing, oh, been doing that since celebrities have been around. Yeah, that's, well, of course. That, all, all it is is now people give a shit more about, you know, people care more about it for some reason. Well, that's they care just, more about the scandal the part of it. Yeah, that's just the like public. The but people, like, you know, uh, people, uh, celebrities have been involved in excess since the beginning of yeah. celebrities. So they have the money and they have the means to. Yeah. So I mean, it's just that the public sucks enough that they want to care about it so much, and that's what publicizes it. Mm. But then you have something like actually, what it just just went up a few days ago on MySpace. There's an interview between Nikki Six uh, and Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, who you guys are on tour with right yeah. now, mm-hmm. and they're talking about a number of topics, including like you know drug addiction and things like this. And they're kind of bringing these somewhat taboo topics that are more sensationalized in the news to light to, you know, MySpace, which is frequented by, you know, 15 year old kids. And they're talking yeah. about, you know, heroin addiction, you know, is that, do you think that's problematic or is that actually maybe helping the situation by talking about it, you know, rationally? I, I don't know. If it's, I, yeah, if it's, it's talked it's, about it rationally, I think it, yeah, I think it can, it can I don't bring think they're attention. Glorifying yeah. it. I, if I'm they don't glorify it. it. Yeah. yeah. If they don't glorify it. Nikki Six just what, what put out a book, it? I think, and, or like a record or book movie slash thing. And it's basically, I, I think it's called the heroin diaries mm-hmm. or something. It's basically like a chronicling of his, you know, transition from, you know, joining the Motley Crew, you know, basically dying in Motley Crew, and then, you know, kind of reestablishing his life as a you know a not you know a clean non-addict and mm. and a, so I don't think it's glorifying it's think I think it's more you know uh I think it's more of a call for read this and maybe you can you know take my experience and learn from it instead of kind of needing to experiment on your own and making you know some pretty life-threatening mistakes. And why do you think that, or why does anyone think that, uh, you know, this is such a topic that people love to always talk about and read about? I mean, even in AP, you know, there's a lot of stories that, you know, people want to know if, if a certain member has a drug problem, or I mean, you know, uh, a few months ago when we had Motion City Soundtrack on our cover, like a, a big focus of one of their, of their story was about how their singer Justin has been a recovering alcoholic and recovering drug addict, you know, for years and continually falls back into addiction. You know, people want to read about that and want to get in touch with those people and know that. Why do you think that is? Why is it such an interesting topic to people? Uh, yeah, the pe- yeah, the people want to re- read about it because it's not normal. It's not ev- it's not in someone's everyday life. I mean, all the best behind the musics have been the ones about <laughs> Nikki Six and right. Poison that have died, you know, and had out of body experiences. That's that's like what that's what people want to know about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's just 
I think it's just human nature. Right. Well, uh, Chris, you had mentioned earlier that uh, for you'll never see Seosin on stage, you know, drinking or, or intoxicated. Is that something that you guys actually, you know, consciously sat down, had a meeting about, and said, you know, we're going to present ourselves this certain way. We're not going to have, you know, no one's going to be allowed to go on stage if they're high or drunk or anything like that. Is that something that was always decided on from the beginning? Or well, I mean, I think for Chris and Cove, it's I mean, they don't drink or do anything, you know, in ever. But I mean, like for me, I drink, and I just don't think it's. I mean, I've been to concerts before where the singer or whoever has been totally smashed or screwed up on stage, and it ruins the show for me as an audience member. Mm -hmm. And I know that as soon as I start drinking, I can't play guitar as well as I can if I'm sober. You know what I mean? And same thing. I think the same thing goes for like even like professional athletes. You know, I mean, you wouldn't see, you know, Michael Jordan or whoever like going and getting wasted before the playoff game right you know what i mean it's like it's a fact that you just can't perform as well or if they do they get benched <laughs> yeah so well plus yeah. i think for chris and i it would just kind of suck to like be on stage and just be like having to deal with it it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well yeah. come on get your life together <laughs> yeah we're playing a concert it's only 30 minutes yeah it's, you just, know what I mean? it's just not worth it you know what i mean like for the for the small amount of time that that we have to be doing our job as a whatever musician or performer or whatever it's 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 stupid to to be able to kind of like chris was saying take it for granted mm -hmm. and go up there and be like you know i'm gonna be selfish now i'm gonna get wasted right now i don't care about the audience or whatever i'm just gonna get wasted and try to have fun it's like no it's like you know you're there and people want to see you perform and, and perform your best you know and it's it's just really not fair to mm -hmm. go up there and and give anything less than 110 percent you know what are some other instances that uh, the band has that are kind of maybe I don't know if you call it band rules or just things that you know everyone will do or will not do in, in you know in terms of uh, like behind the scenes kind of things you know like what are some things that are or are not allowed that everyone's kind of agreed on? Nothing. We've never agreed. We've never talked anything or agreed yeah. anything like that's I think that's dumb. Like you know, as long as we could all do our job well, I don't think it matters what anyone does. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? As long as Chris could go out and punch walls all day long with his hands, as long as he could play bass <laughs> with those hands, cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. as long as we could all perform perfect, you know, that's all that, that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, really never been any ground rules. <laughs> it's just always been like an unspoken thing, even with like the stage. Like, we've never like really sat down and talked about it. Like, not getting, you know, not drinking on stage or mm -hmm. not, you know, drinking before that we play. It's just like kind of like a... Yeah, we've never really gotten to the point where yeah. some things had to come up and be like, and oh, we've never mention. really had to yeah. have anything where we had to address it. You know, mm -hmm. like, like, oh, okay, dude, you know what I mean? Like, yo, you're getting wasted a lot. You know, you better not bring it to the stage. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it's, we never really, yeah, it's, it's all conscious. Like that. Well, it, it was over a time, uh, like, on someone at Capitol maybe came to you and said, you know, like, who, who's the zany one or who who needs to go? I mean, you look at a band, like, for example, uh, well, I mean, there's there's a number of bands that kind of have bigger images nowadays than they used to a few years ago. And, you know, a lot of that directly correlates to people at labels saying you have to be more outlandish. You have to go out and, you know, make people take notice of you, you know, kind of like yeah. the, the Axl Rose kind of syndrome. You have to, you know, make make a commotion somewhere. I think that's know? kind of been the opposite of what we've always been. It's like we're all just kind of normal dudes. None of us are like super screwed up or or have you know, Ex terrible stories. Ex eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not like weird people. We're just normal. You know? and, we just... And, yeah, and they kind of hate that because we're so... Yeah. 
we're kind of in a, in a way we're kind of boring, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Have they ever come to you and said like, you know, here's some things you guys could do to spice it up, or you know? Yeah, well, I mean, they, they like to they like us to do like a lot of basic stuff, like whether it's like blogging. Like I, I'll do a lot. I do a lot of well, I don't do a lot, but I do blogging on the MySpace. Mm-hmm. And Bo does like all, all the the like uh, our message like board. message board stuff, and I do these webby episodes called Sao TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know all that stuff. It, it, it's kind of you know it, it, it's hard for us because you know I'm I'm 24, Bo's 28, Alex is 28, Justin's 24. Cove's Cove's young. He's almost 22. Woohoo! But it's like you know our our our, our, our demographic. You know, like our age demographic that people that are buying records coming out to the shows are like you know it's going to be like 14 to 18. So it's hard for us to kind of like uh, relate you know, relate to that. It's, it's like okay, I'm going to write a, a, a web blog I about s- stuff that's that interests me, and I'm, and you know half these people aren't aren't going to get it. Yeah. I wouldn't and, say uh, it's hard to relate to these these kids because we've been through all everything yeah. that they've been through. Yeah. But it's hard to like go back. Yeah, it's hard to like get in that mindset of like okay, we have to like. Like we don't have to, and we don't want to like treat our, you know, like go into that position where we're, you know, acting like we're fourteen and sixteen. Like, hey, year kids, old. how's biology yeah. today? You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. But at the same time, like, you know, we're like we just. I think the thing we we try to focus on is like, you know, as boring as we are sometimes, like we're also kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. And so those yeah. moments where we're, we're being yeah. like, you know, goofy are the moments that we kind of have to like make sure there's a camera there at all times mm-hmm, right. to like capture, you know? Well, and also too, like, you know, we're just kind of, we've been kind of, I mean, not that we're like total seasoned veterans. I'm not saying we're like, oh, we've been at this for yeah. so long. One like, record. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 12 songs. I mean, like Alex and I are like 28. Like we've been doing, we've been playing in like small bands for years, you know? And like, you know, and it's kind of like, it's it's funny, like when, like we just, we were out and there was this other band that came to us but into Canada, and it's like they brought something like a pound of weed with them, or something like that, over across the border. And they, and they got across the border. They got across, and we were just like, "Are you guys crazy?" You know what I mean? And they're just totally young, and like, "Yeah, dude." You know what I mean? And, and we're like, "Man, you guys don't realize like how serious you could have that been banned is. from entering the country for the next the rest yeah. of your life." You know what I mean? So it's I think part or of for the comes, next ten years yeah. when you're trying to get big. Yeah. 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 All right. So. I mean, just to give everybody you know listening an idea of the Canadian border, I. I stole pants five years ago from a diesel store, and it costs me two hundred dollars every time I go into Canada. So, really? Yeah, it's awesome. So and like a were... two-hour hassle. Yeah, and like a two-hour hassle, basically. <laughs> oh, because you were probably because you were a legal adult when that happened, right? You weren't a minor. Yeah, I was so, nineteen. I was I was I was eighteen or nineteen, and and basically like, uh, you know, I didn't pay. I went to jail for a day. I didn't pay anything, mm-hmm. and now and I've paid. Close to a thousand dollars. Karmically, you're paying it up. Far, yeah, far just enough. going into Canada every time. Yeah, so, it's a rolls. huge hassle. Nice thousand dollar pair of jeans. But this year, yeah, Canada. I didn't get to keep the jeans. Oh. Uh, this year, Canada. Watch out because I get my uh, you know five year annulment or whatever oh. it's. I don't know what it is. It's like some sort of five year. Like so you drive over across prison. the border, back and forth. Every just like, come yeah. on, fuckers! You can't stop me now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I dude. I have I have friends like my, my friend back in Orange County. He uh, he shot fireworks off mm-hmm. uh, on not on Fourth of July, and somehow he got a terrorist charge. Oh, really? Yeah. So he can't wow. even go into Canada ever. Nope. That happened actually uh, on last year's Taste of Chaos tour. There were a couple of guys who tried to go across the border 
uh, we were in Niagara Falls, and they wanted yeah. to go across the border to look at the falls on the other side, and the cabbie was taking them over, and they got stopped. I guess one of the guys had been arrested for, you know, like, possession of weed when he was, like, 19 years old, and now he's not allowed to go into Canada, like, ever yeah. again or something. Like, that's some crazy thing. So, so their records go back to 16. Oh, do they? Too. Yeah, they go that's back crazy. to 16. So, so you, like, if you, like, stole a piece of, you know, stole a pack of gum when you were 16, and you don't tell them about it, then they'll definitely... A, they know because mm-hmm. they have a list of your stuff that, and you're coming to this border. They have your name and there's like highlighter marks all over it. <laughs> my, my, I had a bike ticket that I didn't pay. And, really? And, and they knew about there. that? Yeah. Wow. Jeez. That's crazy. So you guys have been on Capitol for about a little over two years at this point, it seems like. You signed yeah. about March of 05. Is yeah. that about right? Uh, and uh, Bo and Alex, you've, you've, you've been in bands before. You've had a little bit of experience with the industry before the band kind of joined up with Capitol. Uh, but what would you say for the rest of you, what, what was the one mis, uh, I guess misunderstanding that you had, something that you thought uh, you know, completely wrong, like the, the wrong impression that you had about the major label, that it was, you, know, you thought that this would happen and it was completely different, or you thought this wouldn't happen, it was completely different, you know what I mean? I, I honestly, I thought when we signed a major label, it was going to be like entering the the garden of candy in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> where I could basically sample all the best things of life. You know, like if I wanted, like you know, whether it be the art direction, or the marketing, mm-hmm. or anything, like I could basically get all my answers. And like there would be people that would deliver things that were compelling. And it's not necessarily the case. Like especially, you know, like things like the you know the album artwork or the video. Mm. Or anything like that, like um, it, 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 like we're contributing. I would say seventy percent of of the ideas, ideas, and, and the direction, and uh, you know, and and that's kind of you know discouraging because it's like the reason we signed to a major label was to get the most professional people doing you know doing all the stuff mm. you know, and that's why we pay you know the extra dollars on on ro- record royalties and and all this stuff and. So, it, you know, that's why I'm, we're constantly, you know, I just got off the phone with our new creative director and she's like, you know, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And I'm like, and, you know, it, it's tough to, to give another person a chance because, you know, the last two didn't necessarily get it. But, you mm-hmm. know, luckily for, she kind of had, you know, at the, at one point, you know, finally this late in our record cycle, somebody's kind of coming up with an idea that's, that's a little bit more, it seems a little bit more us. Than, than you know done before mm. and uh you know because like our whole thing is like when we signed them to capital records it was because they didn't have a seosin on there mm. they had you know they didn't have any bands that sounded like us any bands that were in that even in that genre but now we go to a different label you know we have bands that we go on tour with we toured with with red jumpsuit apparatus we toured with 30 seconds to mars we've toured you know with aaron and and the almost and and so it's, uh, you know, now that, and those bands are all doing really well. So it's like, they're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to make you guys the next, almost the next red jumpsuit. And we're like, well, no, we're going to be the one and only sales. And, and if it matters, you know, if it's a matter of selling ourselves a little bit short to gain a little bit more, then, then, then that's what we got to do instead of, instead of kind of giving it all at, you know, at the entrance, mm-hmm. you know. Which I think is, is, is a, that's why a lot of a lot of people's careers are somewhat like transient, you know, and like they just go up and then straight back down. We kind of, you know, our whole thing, even with releasing our own record, like and 
and then not release. You know, we no longer print translating the name, and that's for a reason. It's mm -hmm. not because it didn't sell anymore. It's because we didn't want, you know, we wanted to, we want to have something that that has some sort of value instead of, you know, like like a lot of things in in America, especially is is based on convenience. Like I want it now, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, if I don't if I don't get it now, then I'm going to go somewhere else to get it or get the equivalent. So, and and I think it, you know if you if you work for something and you really put, you know, you know, even beyond money, like if you put, you know, you have emotional, uh, you know, whatever, emotional investment in mm -hmm. something, then it, it, you know, it's that much more fulfilling. And I think that, that, that holds true, especially with like a lot of our fan base. And it holds true with us because we, you know, we work so hard that it's like at the end of the day, it's like, do we, who, you know, we really only have ourselves to blame. And, and that really, uh, you know, it's it's a good feeling, but it's mm. you know, sometimes it's a bad feeling when things don't go, you know, the way that you want them to. But <laughs> yeah. luckily for us, you know, we, we haven't really made any bad bad decisions yet that have affected us long term. Like mm. at the at the time, you're like, uh, you know, there, there might be some differences where we're like, oh, you know, why who why the fuck did you do that? You know, or why why the fuck did we do that? But then you know, like it, it all levels out, and it, it seems to all level out, and just kind of keep. We've been on the incline. Right, you know, I think since we released the record, and, mm. and you know, and that's good for us. And we're still selling records, you know. If we're, you know, we're not selling thirty thousand a week or whatever, but we're still selling, you know, enough to where we're comfortable. And thankfully, you know, the record label is comfortable too. Okay. Uh, well, you brought up that you uh, that you've let translating the name go out of print. Uh, so I wanted to then segue into some some more songs. What are some? What are two people's favorite songs that are no longer available? Two out of print records. So. Ooh. A lot of people like I can tell. Oh. Mm. Are we talking I'm, about I'm talking our about songs? Any, I'm talking about any songs. Oh, oh. Uh, any this songs. is like total question. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying we're gonna, we're gonna play two songs right now. Oh, okay. So I need some, two suggestions of songs that are not widely available. You know that they're whether they're rarities or B sides or you know off auto print records that you just can't get enough of. The gay rella biscuits bringing it down my throat. <laughs> that's that's out of print right now. Okay. And that's about all I know. That's out of print. Right. you know you know also with all the talk of like you know, uh, drug addiction and rehab earlier. I kind of want to flip the script right now and like hear an Earth Crisis song. Okay. We can do that. Firestorm EP. Okay. I've seen Holocaust. That's pretty old. We can do that. <laughs> so, so we're going to have a little Gay Rilla Biscuits and a little Earth Crisis. Yeah. Thank you to, to Justin and Alex. All right, we'll be right back on the AP Podcast. Crack my head. 
We are back in the AP Podcast. You just heard Earth Crisis. That was chosen by uh, Leonardo Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. As, Leo. <laughs> Leonardo. Otherwise Leonardo. known as uh, Alex Rodriguez, Seosin's drummer. And uh, apparently, we were just talking about uh, hardcore bands during the break. And you were telling, you mentioned that you have a great story that has to do with HR from Bad Brains. So I'd love to hear it. It was, uh, from, from, what, from what we were told <laughs> from Howard, it was a thing when, uh, when he was tracking the POD record, uh, the satellite record, um, HR did guest vocals and one of the songs on it. And um, I guess if uh, if I remember correctly, he was uh, during as he was doing his his vocal takes, he was filming himself and the whole process with like this portable camera and and um, and just you know just filming everything. And I guess I, I'm not I'm not sure if he was just hard up for cash or what his deal was from you know from, from what I understand. But he was trying to sell the footage to POD and and or the you know Atlantic whatever label they're on. Uh, for a certain amount, uh, you know, for them to use. But he, I think he was asking some ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> like fee yeah. for the footage or yeah, something like, like that. Like we heard he pulled the tape out and was like, I'll sell you this right now. But, yeah. <laughs> to give you this tape exclusive Just of, footage. Him, of himself filming himself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he tried to sell it to Howard too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Five, it, five grand, no one took it. So. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, HR. Yeah. 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 Doing a 30-second vocal part in the song. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I heard that it wasn't originally when Howard was tracking it, it wasn't like a 30-second clip. Like he, he wasn't like doing it over and over again. Mm. It was just like he just let him go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And he like looped it, and he just let him go. HR is a bit of a, uh, bit of a free spirit. I yeah. Think, yeah. Like well, he let it, him so. be a free spirit, and then Howard just like kind of <laughs> chopped him up and put him all together, which is kind of funny and Howardish. So. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about uh, Seos and the record for a second. Uh, the, you guys recorded about a year and a half ago. It came out almost a year ago. Probably by the time people are hearing this, it'll be about a year. Uh, so it's, it's been a year out in stores. Uh, what would you say going down the line is, t- to you personally, the, uh, the thing you regret the most about the record or your least favorite part of the record? The thing that just every time you hear it, you're like, damn it, why didn't we do this instead? Like, is, is there one thing from, from each person that they would be something like that? or? Um, I, I, I wish that we would spent more time in the studio. Like the, the way that that studio set up is kind of like you come in and we, you know, we did drum tracks. We did 13 songs in four days, uh, you know, and it's basically like, you know, we, we were kind of we were kind of in the mode to just get the song done and then go to the next song into mm. the next song into the next song. And, then, you know, and and they're not, you know, the, the studio is not set up for overage. It's not like Howard has a very, you know, a six week schedule. Then he's on to the next record. Mm. I think he was on to like the uh, Melee record, like basically the day after. Well, while we were still tracking, he was starting pre-production of oh, the right. Melee. He was he was setting he was setting up their their drums and their pianos and, and everything yeah. inside the tracking room, while him and I were still going over. Vocals. Yeah, it's oh, like wow. a it's like a, a track factory. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, it, we didn't necessarily have time to, uh, you know, experiment. With uh, and and go through that whole process. We basically just kind of went in and and, and tracked our stuff and mm. yeah. And uh, I think next I think next time it would be really cool to do pre-production in the studio instead because mm. we did pre-production at a rehearsal space. So we kind of just rehearsed all of our songs over and over again and kind of you know changed from there. But um, a buddy of buddies of ours in a band called The Bled they just got doing doing their record and. Um, they did pre-production in the studio so they could, uh, you know, know, James, their singer, they would track, they would do scratch tracks every time they would rehearse. So James, the singer, would get a new 
version of the song every night to mm-hmm. go home and write to. So like that's something that's cool that, that I would like to do on the next record is just do in studio pre production and actually have time to like do experimenting like Chris was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be cool and you know we have uh you know we have our own Pro Tools rig. We have two Pro Tools rigs, not not to mention like our little ones and Bo has a lot of experience, so it, you know it, when the time comes, it might be cool. You know, it, you know, it'd be cool for all of us, I think, and cool for the experience to do as much, do much more on our own, mm-hmm. and 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 take that extra dollar and put it towards something else besides like, you know, catering, which we got. Like that was another big thing. Was, was like catering every day was like budgeted for like. You know, twenty five dollars per person. There's eight people in the studio. I gained you know, like twenty pounds. Yeah, dude. You know, straight up, we were yeah. fat after that. We I had were to borrow ordering his pants from like yeah, we were ordering from like gourmet <laughs> gourmet delis. Like L A, everything in L A is it's like gourmet, gourmet yeah. deli. You know, yeah. so it's like we were There's getting no all this yeah. like thirteen dollars sandwiches. Yeah, you know, so we you know we're we're, we're, we're gonna go a little bit more conscious mm. and 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 take any you know take any of that extra money instead of staying at the uh, you know like we stayed at this. This uh, this place called the Oakwood, and it's in L.A. and it's basically like like uh, temporary living. Mm-hmm. It's like furnished and like it's like month by month apartment. Yeah, okay. and 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 there's like a, you know like a, I'm riding I'm driving around to get, to find my part and there's like you know the stars of uh, you know sister sister jogging <laughs> nice. and stuff. It's just like child actors. Like yeah. everybody at the pool is like is like a Disney child actor <laughs> or an actress and then their mom. Uh-huh. And so they're just talking about, yeah, I got this new part, you know, Hannah Montana or something like that. And uh you know and that was expensive. I think it was like for we we got two bedroom or it was two two bedroom dollars a day. Two hundred bucks really? a day. It was like place. three thousand dollars a month. So it's like we, you know we stayed there it for was like two 6, months. A month. It was it was retarded. Oh yeah, it was like six thousand between, yeah, yeah, yeah. between yeah, well, both yeah. farms. That's absurd. Well, that's one thing yeah. you wanted. To, you would like to change, Bo. Getting back to the question. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> but pass. I don't. Know. He's passed, and then Alex. Um, I wish. Uh, I wish we had a B a B side song that was uh, used for the Japanese release of the record that I really wish was on the record. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs. Well, you could have picked that one for the B-side segment. We just did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't play your own song. That's, that's really easy. True. And yeah. it's not out of print. Well, you can get that on iTunes, though. The like, yeah. Lego Control, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I really like that song. I just I wish it would have made the record. Yeah, <clears> all of us really won that on the record. It was between that and Barrier Head. And since Barrier Head already had... People already knew it. They wanted it on their record, so that was kind of. When you say they, do you mean the record label? Yeah, that was like the one thing that they were they were really adamant about. Like we really wanted that song just because we liked it and it was new. We wrote it super fast and like it. We we just liked it. We liked the vocals a lot, so we were kind of wanting that. And they wanted Barrier Head, but we needed one more for the overseas releases. So it just kind of yeah. worked out that that was mm-hmm. Let Go yeah. Control was it. But there's a select few of people that have ha- have heard it, and you know it's cool sometimes to to like up and we're up and uh, we're we're on a new website. It's called Pick Our Set, and mm-hmm. it's uh it's run by our merch company actually, Chris Siglin, and uh, it's basically like a it's like a, a a page where you have all all of our songs listed, and then we have like the date, mm-hmm. and then fans go vote vote and in what order. Um, Bad Religion just did that for Warp Tour this summer. Bad actually. Religion's doing it, yeah, as well, and. Uh, and we played up in Calgary, and that was the number one requested song. Lego Control was. Was Lego Control. So we ended up playing it for the Calgary and uh, Edmonton. Edmonton show. Oh. And, you know, a handful of people know it, and, and that's cool because it becomes, you know, I, I, I hopefully people hear that song, and then they want to find out 
what that song is, and mm-hmm. they go home and research it, whether it's downloading it or whatever. It's you know, it becomes something that that somebody has to do that that involves sales and 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 kind of you know, that's you know, that's I think how the the marketing of the internet and stuff works like that. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you know. So. Makes right. me feel part of the band. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, Coke, did you have one that did you uh, want to? No, not really. <laughs> so you're the one guiding the question. I just wanted to guide the question, make sure everybody <laughs> got their got their say. Yeah. <laughs> well, Justin, you mentioned that you know you said the the record label was fighting for Barrier Head, and you guys were kind of against it. Uh, I mean, how does that discussion go down? From you know, people don't. I mean, these are things that people never really get to find out about. It goes down like this because kids were really mad that that song was on the record too. Because like, I can't believe they're still playing Barrier Head. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, we uh, didn't want it on the record. Yeah, like I, the conversation went down like this. I remember exactly where we were. We just did a photo shoot, a very expensively needless photo shoot that we didn't use anything from so pointless yeah, and, ruled. Um, yeah Bo- <laughs> bob dylan's son jesse dylan actually shot us and it was uh we didn't use one photo so thanks but um <laughs> so after we did that we were talking to uh our anr guy outside of uh of the house that we did the shoot in and we were you know going over final track listings and stuff like that we already had the track listing we really wanted let go control on and then so it was pretty much just him trying to convince us why he wanted barrier head on and then us doing the same thing why we didn't want it on you know we said it was out already on an EP that you guys put out that um, we didn't even want to put it's out it's been first out place. for like that two we, and yeah. a half years yeah it was out for a long time uh, it, it was the first thing that Cove did with us everything else on the record was yeah. was newer so I mean I, there was just a lot of reasons that we wanted let go control on so there's it, I, I don't know I, I want I didn't want it on the record I didn't want let go control on the record oh really yeah that to me, that was like the. It's it's a good song, but to me, vocally, it's like one of the weakest songs. See, I thought vocally it was one yeah. of the strongest. Yeah. See, a lot of it's just for me to for me to sing right. it live, like I I wasn't. It just wasn't you know. It wasn't to me one of the stronger songs, and to me the the people the new the new Seosin fans I think kind of deserve to hear from from my standpoint like a better a better song and to okay. me bury your head was kind of the better song so as, as much as it sucks to the old to the old salesman fans to have that song like oh why did they write a new a new song mm-hmm. like just you know if, if you're that needy for a new song just go download like go control or buy it off itunes you know <laughs> so, so like, there the, is a new song yeah you know what i mean all right so in the end you let go control yeah. of the song and eh, right. uh, look at that look let that. go of that's control. that's called the starbucks pepping me up and giving me some, you know it's good <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna spitball here guys i'm gonna spitball <laughs> Uh, so, well, talking about new songs, uh, that's something that when I originally talked to you guys months ago on Taste of Chaos, you, you had mentioned that you had a rig on your bus, and you said it earlier today, too, that you have a rig on your bus, uh, and that you were already starting to put down ideas. Um, is that something that the label is encouraging? Like, do they want you to be doing that? Do they want a record out next year? Or? I, I'm sure they want a record out as soon as possible, because like I said, they like like all these bands that have records out that we're friends with, that just had like they have really short cycles, and the record record label already wants another one, mm-hmm. and it's just because they realize how time they, how much time they don't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they know that they want to get something out while people are still buying records mm-hmm. at all. You know, so like I think they probably want it soon enough, but we're so into you know uh, supporting the record we already made that we kind of really haven't even thought about it yet. Like we're still we're still thinking about like you know, tours we're going to do after a headlining tour overseas again. So I think after we get done with mainly like the headlining tour that we're on or that we're going to do after a Project Rev, I think that's when we're going to start thinking about 
the future after that. Yeah. I think we just want to achieve the most we possibly can achieve off this record and mm. do this record in, in, in many ways justice, mm-hmm. you know, because at the beginning, after right after we finished the record, Chris, you know, made a really good point in an interview. He was just like, you know, we, we put, Cove put his, you know, 21 years of, of life into this record. You know, I, he put his 24 into this record. And, you know, this is all, you know, we have uh, and all of our experiences for the, you know, right. Our well, what they always say is that you have it. your you have your whole left to write your first record, and then you have two yeah. years to write your second record. Second yeah, record. yeah, but now it's so, one year. <laughs> now it's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems like the cycle's been getting a lot shorter. There's a lot of bands that are putting out records. For yeah. example, Anne Berlin had a record come out this February, and they have a new one coming out next summer already. Bayside had one come out this February, and they're doing another one next year too. There seems like a lot of bands There's, are. You know, I mean, Kiss used to have three crazy. records a year. Yeah, you know, but that's, that's crazy, crazy because they're on a, in you know they're on they're on a you know kind of a different level because they're on in any level. Well, Anne Berlin just signed a Universal. They really? Have, yeah, they're on Universal Republic now. They just signed the Universal wow. Republic. They're so. bombed. So. <laughs> yeah. They sold 40,000 records their first week on an indie label. I don't see why they would need, you know, but... You need to record Pe- a record. People just think they have yeah. to get to that, you know, that's, it's, that's, that's it's, the just, yeah. it's a vindication. They've got you know? a good record. We, you know, this is a good something. record. I think so, too, and I think there's a couple good singles on there, yeah. you know? I thought there were a couple good singles in the last one that yeah. d- d- didn't really ever get out there. Yeah. We love those guys, dude. We love those guys. Oh, yeah. but, but it seems like there's a lot of a lot of bands are doing that, and whether it's their decision or management or the label or whomever, a lot of bands are getting back in the studio a lot quicker. I mean, even Fall Out Boy wanted to have the record out last November, which would have been less than a year and a half between records, you yeah. know. And the label made them put it out in February, you know. So is that something that I mean? Are, you said you know you want to extend this one as long as possible, but do you think about like oh shit, you know, people need to be able to. You know, to keep yourself in, in the public's eye, well, that you need to be able to do, you know, write more songs and put them out. No, but with the way kids, with the way kids are today, like you know, like it sucks. It's like you know, a lot of bands are here today, gone tomorrow. But in in many in many ways, you know, I look at a band like Under Oath, who, you know, did, has done really well, and even through all their band troubles, like they they still you know sold five hundred thousand records, and and that's just unbelievable and it just goes to you know it's like kind of a testament to them that kids are still sticking with them and by their side and you know they did it the right way they they, they're not like you know losing any of their like you know what they stand for i guess Mm. so you know and i think that's what kind of i would like to achieve with this band is just you know just have a you know a career type thing i think that they they're setting themselves up perfectly for a, to be a career type of band mm-hmm. i don't think that, that their fans and their their core fan base will be will be gone with their next record i think it'll just expand yeah. i don't know if it's smart to put out a record every year yeah. because i think that that goes with the kind of the transient effect of of you know they they become that flavor of the week but yeah. you have, but you have bands like uh, you know Lincoln Park who've put out three records over the course of, of eight years or whatever, how many you know long, and they're still one of the biggest bands. And I think that the reason or one of the reasons for that is because they don't, they they really wait. You know, it, it, you know, if it, granted, like you know, they may be a pop artist and you may not like them or whatnot, but I think every song on the record is solid. And and that says for and 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 they're different too. They took the time to make sure yeah. they're all individually. It's a, it's a, like they make own. diverse records. I think the, the the newest one is the least. You know, it, it's it's more of a um, it's more you know it, it like all the songs more relate more to each other. There's mm, not as much cohesive, diversity. More yeah, more cohesive. But I think uh, you know it still works for them, and it's still Linkin Park, and and all the songs are still you know thought out. Mm-hmm. 
And, and I think it's also a quality thing. I think bands that put out bad records put out a lot of bad records. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, like you know, if, if, if a record you put out doesn't do as well as you think it is, you're obviously down to go into the studio much faster mm. because, you know, because you want to get your new stuff down and, you know, you feel like you have to, you know, uh, recover mm. from a bad record. So I think that's a reason why a lot of bands are putting out records so that's fast. A, yeah. If you, put, if you put three songs and then 10, you know, filler filler yeah. songs on there then yeah. yeah you have a chance to sell your three songs and then once you hit that three song mark then where do you go from there right. exactly like you said lincoln park how many singles were on hybrid theory yeah, like five? yeah. yeah. dude this full this whole new record is they have three singles playing on the radio right now mm-hmm. they're the reason we can't be played on the radio because that's why bands like metallica you know, Take so much back time. in the day, could put you know so much time into a record, and at why they could tour so long on one record because it's they a made, good. They record. made a great record, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the so. thing. I think I think we, you know, the reason why we want to lengthen this record as much as possible is because we we feel like we wrote a great record, mm-hmm. and you know, even with the next record, the reason why we want to do a lot of pre-production in the studio and take our time on the record is because, you know, we know we made a great record now and we're touring off this great record, but we want to do the same thing again, for the next record. Like so you we said, up with, 24 you know. years to make your first record, mm-hmm. two years to make your yeah. second. It obviously so, doesn't make sense. So yeah, yeah. So we need, you know, you need to get as much much as you can out of pre-production and writing and stuff like that. Yeah. So to any any upcoming uh, musicians who are listening to this podcast right now, don't feel like you have to be rushed into writing your records. With. No. That's a good piece of advice to say. No. There's yeah. just so many there's just so many records out there that have like one or two great songs. Yeah. yeah. Put out and your bad sucks. records on your own and then yeah. <laughs> and then once you get signed, make sure you write it. Yeah. Sign save it. all your good songs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just save all your good songs until one great record, you know. Never show them to your other bandmates cuz if they quit, they'll try to sue you and get a piece of it. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this is going to wrap up our podcast right now, but we have one more song we need to play. Cove, it's it's your choice. We're going to do Potpourri, so just any song you want to play. Up uh, to you. I just got the the new Isley record combinations. Okay. And there's a song in there called Come Clean okay. that just blows my mind. And those those girls can sing, man. Yeah, That's it's just... pretty ridiculous how good that record is. Oh, it's my really, gosh. Really good. It's been getting nothing but like, good reviews all across the board. It's, Honest, a, it's a good record. Yeah, honestly, like, it's just from their last... I thought their last record was just amazing. But mm. this record um, just blows it out of the water to me. All right. Yeah, the singing so. and the guitar playing are definitely, like, next level. Yeah. All right. Just, yeah. Great musicians and, and yes, great right. singing. Well, this has been the AP Podcast. We, you guys have been Sayosin. Sayosin have been Sayosin. Sayosin has been says goodbye. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Sayosin, for saying goodbye. Sayosin.com. You guys will be on tour all this fall with Norma Jean and Alexis on fire, so go check out those. All the yeah. dates are at Sayosin.com or myspace.com slash Sayosin. This is Isley taking us off the air. Thank you very much, guys.
AP podcasts are recorded at Lava Room Recording Studio in Cleveland, Ohio, a New York City quality studio at Cleveland Prices. Check out www.lavaroomrecording.com. For more information on Alternative Press Magazine, go to www.altpress.com. The podcast engineer is John Walsh. Post-production assistance from Rob Rutenzi. I'm Mike Shea, and this is All My Fault. You can reach me directly at www.myspace.com slash Mike Shea AP. That's S-H-E-A like the stadium, AP. 